0: Welcome back to the Owner Operator Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Gray. We talk on this show all about owning and operating small service-based businesses that serve local communities. In this episode, I'm hosting Julius Markey once again. Julius is a pressure washing entrepreneur, but he also hangs Christmas lights whenever Christmas time rolls around. So, in this episode, we're gonna dive in to how he generated 60K in one month hanging Christmas lights. So I hope you stick around for the whole episode. Julius is awesome with starting businesses from the ground up. If you haven't checked out his first episode, go back and listen to that episode. It's called How to Start a Pressure Washing Business with Julius Markey. And if you like these episodes, if you're listening on YouTube, would you mind to like, comment, and subscribe to the channel? If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please like, follow, and just like creating a service-based business locally, five-star reviews are super important. Could you take 30 seconds right now and leave us a five-star review on this podcast? We would greatly appreciate you for it. Finally, this episode is brought to you by Owner Ops. Owner Ops, simply put, is an online hub specifically for service-based business owners. We share resources, we have a private Slack channel, with other service-based business owners where you can connect with each other, share best practices, help each other grow. Go check it out. That's ownerops.com, O-W-N-R-O-P-S.com. And without further ado, let's jump into the episode with Julius. Julius, how do you start a Christmas light business?
1: Well, pretty much you just got to watch some YouTube videos, buy some lights, and start installing them. That's exactly what we did. Pay do. you for a course. but. Uh, yeah, pay me for a course. <laughs> thousand <laughs> uh, dollars right now. <laughs> so, uh, I don't have any paid courses right now, but maybe, uh, maybe in the future. But yeah, it's in theory, it's a pretty simple business. You're putting up uh, Christmas lights for people. You're doing the maintenance, and then you're taking them down and storing them. Um, in theory, it sounds very easy, and it is for the most part. But it gets it's it's pretty complicated if you're coming from you know a washing background where you're doing pressure washing or landscaping where it's pretty straightforward in terms of the sales process, quoting, actually doing the work. You'll realize quickly that Christmas lighting is a little bit more involved and a little more complicated in the sense that you're going to get requests for all different types of things. The work is a little tougher and it's a little bit more sketchy so there's jobs that like you can't always do based on you know, the the roof shingles are um, tiles, so you can't really clip your lights to them. So you got to glue them or something. It's like all these like little annoying things that you got to kind of work around and start figuring out. But you you figure it out as you go, and then you'll also start to realize that your conversion your conversion rates are going to be pretty low for this uh, for this business model if if you're charging as you should be charging. Um, but okay. That's the thing. Most people don't. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, most people don't understand how much the service actually costs. Being that a you got the cost of the lights that you're paying for, um, and if you're doing like a leasing model where you're putting up the lights, doing the maintenance, taking them down, and then storing them after, like you have costs associated with all those things. Especially if you, especially if you have guys uh, that you're paying in labor costs and all that kind of stuff. Um, so all of that needs to be worked into that initial price, so that so then people get these prices for like. 15 two grand three thousand dollars for putting up christmas lights and they're like what the actual fuck is this you know so um it's one of those things you get it's there's a little bit more to it but we could dive you know more into that as we uh, get into it i don't want to just go on a rant here yeah but.
0: let's start with pricing so how do you price christmas light jobs
1: so it's pretty much by the foot um for roof lines, gutter lines, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's anywhere from eight to $12 per foot. Some people in some markets are charging like eight, uh, six to eight. We're in the range of like seven to, now we're in like the range of like seven to 10. We were initially charging like nine to 12. And that was just, it wasn't really um, converting too well. And even have been all over the pricing spectrum this year but it seems like the if we want to land at least a few jobs it's like we got to stay in that like eight to nine range um and then you got other things so like we start to get get a little more tricky for like wreaths and stuff if you want to do wreaths could be a couple hundred dollars to hang a wreath we don't really hang too many wreaths because that brings on a whole other side of liability if, if you're drilling into someone's house or um there's not a pre pre-drilled hole already or somewhere to hang on uh, the wreath already so we try to stay away from that then you got trees and stuff like all that it's kind of just based on like you know what kind of lights you're going to use to wrap the trees we use minis so we only do like small trees and small bushes so we don't get too complicated with it we don't have any lifts or anything so um i know one of the companies in my area they have a lift on hand so they're able to do like massive trees but you know, when you're doing trees like that, it's going to be a couple grand per tree. So um, that's another thing that's just like insane. Um, okay. How
0: many, how many feet is a, just an average job?
1: The average job is typically like a hundred to 150 feet of lights. And
0: that's what, like a 20, like a 2000 to 2,500 square foot home.
1: Yeah, depending on, it's probably like, yeah, closer to like a 3,000 square foot home, depending on like if you're going to do the sides of the ridge, there's like dormers and things like that. Um, So it, yeah, it kind of varies depending on what they want done. Okay,
0: so 100 to $150, 100 to 150 feet, is that right?
1: Yeah, so our average job last year was just over $1,500, Okay. and I've checked this year, so for our returning customers coming back from last year. We gave them a 10% discount because basically the cost of the lights is about 10% of like around that area, 10% of what we're what we're charging on the top line revenue. So once we already like cut the lights and have them um fitted to their house, we come back next year if they want to come back next year. Um we have the lights for them so there's pretty much no maintenance cost or um um material costs associated with the job second year round maybe a, f- a few bulbs went out we got to replace those but those are like a couple cents each and that's pretty much it you got your gas like but those are all like pretty much just going to be operating expenses like your monthly operating expenses are going to be your main cost for year two so it's almost like almost 100 percent. well not 100 percent because you got labor costs and all that but um in terms of like the actual um gross profit on a job, it will be close to like probably 90% second year round. So then we offer a 10% discount. So with the 10% discount this year with 23 returning customers from last year and all the customers we've added this year, we're at 1490 for average job size this year. So still in that like $1,500 range. 1490 at
0: 23 customers.
1: Right now we're at like forty. Forty.
0: So what are you going to do revenue wise, just with this service?
1: We'll probably do around sixty five, sixty five to seventy this year. Um, I was, you know, I was, I had, I had the hopes, the goals of doing a hundred thousand this year in lights, but I kind of. <laughs> I forgot how grueling this this shit can be. We had a lot of we've had a lot of back end issues with employees leaving and things like that. So it's kind of been one of those things where I've just been getting shot in the foot, and I've just been trying to <laughs> wound myself or bandage myself up as I go. So it's it's been a little bit of a tough season, but we're still we're still adding on new customers. We're very picky with the jobs that we do because there's a lot of sketchy weird houses in this area that you know you don't want to hurt yourself on um so we stay away from things like that we stay away from anything where we have to use a ton of glue because any jobs that we've had to use glue on we get callbacks and because the glue falls off and then we got to go back and then it just you know waste money um it it costs us so we pretty much just stick to basic jobs we get a lot of calls for trees and things like that we don't do big trees um so we've turned down thousands and thousands of dollars of, of revenue just for all these like little weird reasons that, you know, come along with Christmas lighting. Because um, then you also got to you got to keep in mind that you're going to be coming back and taking everything down and you're going to be storing it. And then you're also going most likely going to be doing it next year. So it's like, is this something that you want? Is, is it going to be worth doing all this for this price? And are these people even going to be willing to pay it? like, do you even want to do the job for that price? It's like, it's interesting. It's one, it's very interesting business. You make, you can make a lot of money and the margins are great, but it, it is tough. It's not as easy as it might seem.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. When do you start hanging Christmas lights?
1: So this is another, another area where I messed up this year. So we started hanging our past customer customers from last year we started hanging their lights i was thinking about doing it like the second week of october which is like crazy early for the amount of customers that we had i also didn't know how long it would take us to reinstall the lights because i didn't know like how our labeling process was and if it was going to work turns out it actually works very well and it only took us like average an hour and a half to two hours to reinstall the lights on our new uh old customers house So we started, but we we didn't end up starting second week of October. We started the third week of October. So third, fourth, and then the first week of November, we were pretty much just hanging uh, past customers' lights. And we pretty much got all of them done. And then there there was a weird interim period where it was like very slow because we finished all the past customers' lights. And then we weren't really getting that many new leads yet. So that's where like we started having some employee issues where we were slow and um, that was that. So I kind of messed up all the timing with that, but we started to come back to your question on the third week of October. And then for next year, I know I could probably start maybe that last week or the first week of November.
0: So have there been any issues with customers ever giving you any pushback on putting them up too early. Really?
1: Yeah. My, yeah. So we, not as many as you'd expect, but definitely a few, um, some of our, yeah, some of our customers were wanting them put up after Halloween, which I, you know, that makes sense. But I was like pushing hard. I was like, listen, we got to get all of our past customers in before October. Cause once November hits, we got to have space for all the new customers. And little did I know we wouldn't really be that busy with new customers until pretty much a week before Thanksgiving and that week. So it was, it was weird. It was last year. I remember it was like second week of November and all the calls started coming in this week, this year there was a beginning, like a weird influx of leads in the beginning. And then a long stretch of kind of just like, it was very slow and I don't know where all the leads were. Maybe we just didn't put out enough yard signs, and that's one thing that we um, definitely should have been doing right from the start. But uh, I think our marketing efforts were also a little bit lackluster in the beginning. But yeah, some cut, and then a few, few of our other customers also wanted the lights put up like late November, like right before Thanksgiving. And I was like, "Listen, <laughs> we can't really do that. If you want to, if you want to get the discount, um, you're gonna have to do it." little bit earlier but
0: yeah it's interesting like the more i've been following you and like when you started posting about christmas lights um, i had another local guy here in the tree service industry who said that that's what he did and so i got really interested in that business model Um, and i'd never really thought about it before Um, and so i'm just curious like what the opportunity is there but it sounds like you have a two month window, give or take, like from November till the end of well maybe maybe I'm making a bad assumption there. What does December look like for you?
1: Yeah, so last year was pretty much two weeks before Thanksgiving. maybe like December. I know our last job our last job was December 19th, but that week we didn't have any other jobs. So it was like two weeks before December is when we pretty much stopped. Uh before Christmas is when we stopped installing um frequently. And then we had like one last minute job come up in um on the 19th there. But it's there's guys that have you know a huge customer base. They've been doing this for a few years. They got a bunch of uh returning customers and they start some guys that are starting in like September and October. Well, most people start in October. I know a lot of companies that start in September, Um, but yeah, that's pretty much for, for new customers, people, I've noticed that people don't really start thinking about Christmas lights until after, definitely after Halloween and then closer to Thanksgiving.
0: After Halloween and closer to Thanksgiving. Okay. So take me back to the beginning. How did you get your first Christmas light job?
1: I believe it was a yard sign or maybe I'd have to, yeah, it was either a yard sign. Yard signs kill. If you want to, if you want to get Christmas lighting jobs, just get a hundred yard signs, put them out and you'll be slammed as long as you could sell for the most part. Um, but last year what we did, uh, we did a little bit of Facebook ads. We had some Google ads and then yard signs. That was a Pretty much the main marketing tactics that we used last year, and that's pretty much what we did this year as well. Yard signs, I've noticed, um, pro- probably do the best. Honestly, the best, definitely the best return on your on your money. Um, so if you're getting a, a hundred yard signs for 450 bucks, four four dollars and fifty cents per yard sign, and you can get any anywhere from like. I mean, on a hundred yard signs, it's infinite, the amount of jobs that you can get. So like the, the return on that, which is going to be a couple thousand dollars is just infinite as opposed to on Google where you're spending a couple hundred dollars and maybe getting a few leads that might convert, might not. Um, So, okay. Talk to me. What was the question? Talk to me about
0: your yard sign strategy. You get the yard signs, you go put them out. Yeah. You put them in
1: every job that you do? Uh, Yeah, for the most part. Uh, This year, we haven't been too consistent with that because a lot of our jobs have been in like like off-road areas where it's like very low traffic. So I'm like, it's not even worth it over here. So what we do is we just put them in high traffic areas where cars have to stop. Um, Usually you see a lot of yard signs in these areas, especially around where I live. Um, so these are going to be like intersections, highway exits, stop signs, stoplights, anywhere like that where there's a little bit of grass on the side, like public, uh, public land that's not anyone anyone's property. So you just throw one in there, and then you just put out a bunch of those. I think we've put out like a total of like 130 this year. I had one of my I had one of my guys put out a bunch of yard signs. I don't think he put them in good areas <laughs> from some of the pictures that he sent me. So I think at least 20 of them went to waste, but, um, you know, traffic is traffic.
0: So put out yard signs. You've got like a month window to do this, maybe a month and a half. Is that what I'm hearing?
1: Yeah, probably it been a month and a half. Okay.
0: And you've generated 60,000 bucks this year in revenue. How much have you spent on marketing?
1: That's going to be a tough one. I got to look into that. It's all good. Definitely closer to, I'm probably going to say closer to five, five grand right okay. now. Yeah, we've, I got to check up on the Google ads, but we've, we've spent a decent amount on Google ads, Facebook ads, and then the yard signs, but.
0: Sounds like yard signs is the way to go though. Like if you had to double down on one thing, yeah. just buy spend 450 bucks on yard signs go put them in high traffic intersections yeah
1: 100 percent, and especially in areas like the south like down south i know christmas lighting is a much bigger thing i've started to realize that people in my area i don't know what it is there's not a lot of people getting christmas lights done i don't know if it's like a cultural thing or whatnot but I know down South it's like almost every other house I've heard has Christmas lights on it. So any, any Christmas light installers down there are just like, maybe their conversions are much higher than we have it here. I don't know, but the business model will work in pretty much any area and you can make a great amount of money, but in some areas you might just have to work a little harder for it. Cool. So tell
0: me about the economics of the job itself. How, how long does it take you to do a job if you're doing it? How long does it take a crew to do a job if you have employees working either with you or running the job themselves?
1: Yeah, so any new job where we're cutting all the lights and nothing's pre, pre-installed yet, uh, it, it'll be around, the average is around three hours, and that will be for and then of course that would be like an average of like $1,500 to two grand and then any pretty much any any job above that any job closer to three three grand will take us about four hours sometimes five
0: okay and how many people do you have on it
1: and that would be that would just be me and one other guy And then second year, you come back, you have all the lights already install, uh, already cut and fitted, you have them labeled, all you got to do is just put them back up and that'll take pretty much half the time.
0: So your first year is where you spend the time, your second year is where you start making the money. Yeah.
1: So it's a bit of like a delayed profit kind of service because year one, you're with all those new jobs is when you're gonna have all those costs associated with the jobs. Year two, you're gonna have a bunch of returning customers with pretty much no costs associated with that job. It's also gonna take you way less time to do the job, year two, or at least it should, because like I said, you're gonna have the lights cut and fitted, labeled to the house. Um, So then your profit margins start going up. And then any other new customers you get, it's gonna be the same thing. It's just gonna be a recurring process and you get those recurring customers coming back. And then every year that you do it it's just going to get easier and um you know you start building up that recurring customer base and that's like the beauty that's the biggest positive i'd say about this business is like if you have that returning customer base every year that's like you know okay i'll have a hundred thousand coming in every year from christmas lights and you know the margins on that is going to be very high it's like it's sweet you know it's like i could just tackle another hundred thousand dollars to the wash business And I know all these customers, I know all the all the jobs, and we're just gonna go and bang them out. So that's like, getting the customers is the hard part. It's like going through all that, going through tons and tons of estimates and dealing with all these people's um, remarks on how expensive it is and all that crap is like, it's, it's kind of like high barrier to entry in terms of like getting those customers. But once you get them, then you're just going to be making money on them for a while. Or at least you should be. So that's that's kind of why it makes it worth it, you know. Oh, I can't hear you. Do you
0: market your Christmas light business services to your wash business customer list?
1: I do. We have sent out a few emails. Um, we've landed a few jobs from, uh, from our list actually just as, of, as of right now, just one. And then I hit up an HOA guy or he's, he's like president of his HOA. So I hit him up and I was like, Hey, like if there's a, if anyone in your HOA is looking to get some Christmas lights, we'd be happy to give you guys a discount. We got a job through that. So just between that and then an, e- an email I sent out, we did about six grand in revenue across two jobs. So, you know, you got to really mine your, your database. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I like this business model because it seems like there's a lot of opportunity to put people on some sort of annual contract in the future.
1: Right. So we don't do, we don't do any contracts or agreements like that, but because of, I found that this just kind of imposes more friction on the sales process sure. and like we don't need that especially being now, like it's already so low converting. So I don't we don't do anything like that. We just tell customers if they if they want to come back next year it'll be 10% off and that's that. Got it. And just between year 1 and year 2 we had a 92% returning rate or 23 out of 25 people. I think that's 92%. So not bad and do you
0: market christmas lights on your wash business website or how do you um uh, how do you operate this yes yeah,
1: so we do have a yeah so this is like one of those big questions like oh do you do two different businesses whatever um i've thought about it and and this year was going to be a big deciding factor based on how this year goes uh what am i going to do for next year am i going to differentiate it right now we have a, a tab on our wash business website where you know it shows all of our services house washing roof washing gutter cleaning and then it also has christmas lighting so we are advertising it it is on our website it's on our google listing it's on our social medias but i i would maybe like to separate it into its own thing but then you got to get all new i'm pretty sure i'd have to get all new insurance a new crm all this and then have all these new costs associated associated with that business that are separate from this business so that's why i've kind of just been keeping it under the same thing um but yeah that's something i got to think about if i would want to separate it or not yeah it seems like i think it's the biggest deal i I don't
0: think it is either it seems like it would be especially in the early years an unnecessary cost i mean i always like to think about google my business for example like if you had um Like what's your, what's the name of your service area?
1: Westchester County.
0: Like what's the town? Like what's the, what's the main town?
1: Oh, like where we're based? Pleasantville.
0: Pleasantville. Yeah. Like I always like to think about Google My Business. I, I feel like the businesses who can simplify and, I didn't do this with my service business. Like ours is bear claw, right? It's, it has nothing to do. Mm-hmm. If any outsider was Googling that they wouldn't know that like bear Claw is one of the main prominent mountains here. Um, mm-hmm. but I always like to thank the people who can like simplify it the most, you know, Pleasantville Christmas lighting on Google. And then it just shows yeah. up on Google, my business. And then they, the customer clicks on that and it goes to pleasantvillechristmaslighting.com. And it's like we offer yeah. Christmas light services in Pleasantville. Like my head always goes to bigger picture and like more offering more services. So it's really mm-hmm. hard advice to state because when people, other people are asking me like, what should I do on my name? I'm like, well, the best from a search perspective, it's purely from SEO is like your local region plus your service offering, you know, but that's, right. that's sometimes hard to do. Uh, because you have this overarching business and you want to offer more services, um, it seems like an unnecessary cost in the early days. Right now, yeah. I mean, you figured out a way to go generate sixty thousand bucks in a month. Um,
1: I think that's pretty good. I wonder how much that would actually affect it, like having an SEO optimized name for your business. Like there's a there's a power washing company in a few towns over called. It's like pressure washing near me, <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's like. Literally, exactly what somebody would search up on Google. But dude, I really. Who knows if that. Yeah. What?
0: Oh, I I really think that that's a big opportunity right there in itself. Going and. Yeah. I mean, in every single market right now, what's going to happen is more and more businesses are going to be coming online and become digitally present. So right now, all these old school baby boomer businesses that have market share as they retire and as they shut down, there's going to be more and more people like you and I who start these local service based businesses. And I think that could be an interesting Hmm. opportunity to literally go buy domains like Pleasantville pressure washing or
1: I've I've thought about that. Pleasantville. I've actually thought about that in,
0: in markets all across the US because eventually That's what it's going to be like, I feel like the easier you can make it for your customer, like we live in a world where people just search for whatever they want and they get whatever they want. It's what Amazon has created. You get something two days later. And if you're not offering the same type of service from a service business perspective, then I think, you know, we're going to fall behind. So it's, it's just an interesting. You talking point or thought mm-hmm. concept that I do believe that there's opportunity in every single local service business across every single local market throughout the U.S. Um, yeah, so it'd be interesting to test that.
1: Yeah, I think it would be.
0: What is your website?
1: Uh, Pressclean.com dot com.
0: that's a good domain
1: see i really f***ed up with the name there because people get it so confused with fresh clean they, all, they always think it's fresh i'm like nah it's a p dude like you when
0: you're talking about it's been a- a- <laughs> like when you tell people your email address over the phone
1: Oh uh, yeah it's brutal. oh my God like yo it's a p it's like i've I've seen so many different variations like p h uh f like I don't know it's just it's crazy so let's
0: talk about that in this one right now because this is an interesting topic and I've had the same issue with
1: that. What names
0: like picking a name for your service business i I literally believe the simpler you can keep it and the most straightforward yeah I mean if I go start another service based business like if I were to do Christmas lighting here, I would literally yeah what would
1: be your process i would do if you were to start another business right now and you want it like you need to come up with a name i'm horrible at thinking of like this kind of stuff not very creative when it comes to just i don't know name picking or (laughs) whatever but what what's like what would be your process i would honestly try to throw it into some like generator on google and see what it would spit out but
0: Here's exactly what I would do, and here's exactly what I did. I helped the guy start a hot tub business last year, and I went and helped him get his first accounts. He, like knew nothing about digital, was just a hot tub service provider, and mm-hmm. we started ColoradoHotTub.com, and then we built a website. We did three optimized SEO pages. And we did it about this time last year. And I can remember being in Florida at my in-laws house over Christmas. And I was the one, I was like helping him get the business up and off the ground. So I had my phone number on the listing. Dude, we were getting calls within like two weeks just from building a simple SEO optimized website, putting a Google My Business profile up and stating exactly what we did. And like we designed a custom or, or like a professionally designed logo. Um, so I'm all about the branding, like creating Mm -hmm. your branding around what's going to resonate with your local market. And I believe it exists. So you would do that? Oh my gosh.
1: Location. A hundred
0: percent. I have thought so many times about changing my name to Colorado fire mitigation, but there is a guy down, um, on the front range who has that name. But, but my point is, is, um, like bear claw is it's a brand and I think there's value in building a brand that you can, that can resonate with people. And that takes time, but land services is general. I went the general route. Like I wanted to offer multiple different services, but if I really, really, really wanted to start a business again and get leads quick, I would totally just pick my local service and then the service I excuse me, my local service area, as the first piece of the name and then the service I offer
1: like the main service,
0: uh, like, and then you just build a website around that, put your optimized service pages and put, mm-hmm. I, I, this is another thing that I believe the hack is putting your Google, my business profile in a professionally looking place. Cause what happens when you're living in a service area and people Google Pressure let's take pressure washing for example. If you're if you're this is just a theory I have, okay. If your Google My Business is literally out in the boondocks, one you're not close to where the majority of people are actually searching for that service. Two, I think you immediately create this perception. That you're this like boondocks small business owner. Whereas if you create a Google My Business profile and you go pay a co working space, like 75 bucks a month for a mailbox membership right in the heart of your downtown area. Right in the
1: center, yeah.
0: I've done that twice with two businesses. Really? And it works. I literally met, so I used to have an office space down in Denver. I met Mm -hmm. this cleaning entrepreneur. And he opened up this mindset to me or brought this concept to me. He's like, awesome. Having an office or virtual mailbox here, just a mailbox address has generated us so much business, they grew to like 4 million bucks a year in just commercial cleaning. But it was because his Google, my business profile was close to all the big apartment complexes. And whenever those property managers, googled cleaning service near me, his just popped up and he was getting the calls. And so
1: the, it's all location, relevant. It it's
0: yeah, hundred percent. And then if you have, it's like for him, it was like, I don't remember what it was. Five, two, eight Oh cleaning services, which is like a very localized name. Mm-hmm. That's like the elevation that Denver mm-hmm. sits at. I mean, just pick something that re- that is relevant to your local market and then tell your customers what you do. Um, and I fight that all the time when I'm starting a new business, because I have this bigger vision where I'm like, I want to be able to offer tree removal land clearing and excavation so i don't want to pigeon myself Mm -hmm. into just excavation but i do believe early on if you can focus the more you can focus the better off you will be
1: definitely and i've thought about getting other google my business listing locations so that we could easily target these other areas luckily we're right in the middle of my service area so like my county is like very very large and we're smack in the middle of it so we can go up north we can go down south and you know east west very very easily that also helps with our location targeting but we of course most of our calls are centered around where our actual physical address is located so if we also had one that was way in the north and one that was also down south i don't think our phone would ever stop ringing even in the off season even the slow seasons like it it really is like crazy how how powerful the Google My Business listings are. It really is. And like when you start getting reviews, you start optimizing it, you get that along with a good website and some backlinks. And it's like you're just gonna supercharge your business. And that's the one thing that we did from the beginning was that we got we started getting reviews. Reviews are the biggest lever they allow you to charge more. People see the reviews on your website and they can justify paying a higher price for your services as opposed to another guy who's just like a $99 yard sign yard yard sign dude that's got no no online presence, nothing to show for it or show for his services. And we it happens all the time, you know. We have customers telling us Yeah, we went with your services because you guys have had the most reviews. You guys have great reviews. Everyone says great things about you guys. Like, you guys weren't the cheapest, but, you know, we know we're going to get a good job. I'm like, you do? (laughs) There you go. It's so crucial. I
0: mean, I feel like we're going to talk about this multiple times. We're just going to come back to it. That is the key ingredient. I mean, there's a million things that you got to do to get to the point to where you can ask for a five-star review, but... I do believe if you can just set that precedence with your team and with the customers, whenever you're doing a job that, Hey, we are committed to delivering five-star service. Put it this way. I think if anybody out there is listening to this and you want to start a service-based business and you don't commit to delivering five-star service, you might as well just not even do the business.
1: Exactly. But if
0: you're willing to commit to five-star service and do whatever it takes to deliver that, then there is market share to be had in every single local market because i mean think about it i'll use this example again what do people do whenever they want to buy a product right now they go to amazon what do people do whenever they want a service right now they're going to google and they're typing they google yep. they're typing in and they're searching that and if Fresh Or they get a referral from a that's right and if fresh clean comes up and you got five star reviews i'm sure you get it all the time because i do it's like Hey, um, I called three people or I looked at three people's websites. You guys have the best reviews. I want you guys to do the job. When is your schedule available? That's the best thing whenever, you don't even have to quote it. You just show up and say, hey, here's my pricing. And they say, okay, go right ahead. Your
1: reviews will literally sell for you. They literally do Yeah, But that's something I know like you said, we'll keep talking about this and we could do a full episode on just like diving into so Google My Business, getting reviews, how it looks from the how it looks from the beginning, getting your initial reviews and all that kind of stuff. I think that'd be very beneficial to most people because it's just something that, you know, it's taken our business from doing, you know, maybe four grand a month in our first month to over forty thousand dollar months. So I love it,
0: man. All right, what else on Christmas lights? We need to wrap this episode up here.
1: Pretty much after, what have we, t- we've talked about pretty much most of it. Um, biggest thing, one of the biggest tips I can give people when starting a Christmas lighting business is qualify your leads. You're gonna get, like I said, no one understands how much this stuff actually costs and you're gonna be spending a lot of time mocking up estimates, drawing lines on houses or pictures of houses. And the best way to save your time and save a lot of headache is to qualify your leads have a minimum. So, um, in the beginning, if you don't really know what your price, prices are going to be at, just kind of guess. We started with seven ninety nine, I think, or eight ninety nine. Um, once we kind of found out that our average job size was about fifteen hundred bucks, we went up to nine ninety nine. So, on that initial call, qualifier leads, tell them your minimum is nine ninety nine, and then that will filter out many of the the tire kickers that are expecting it to be like 150 bucks, 200 bucks. Um, and that is like one of the biggest things that you could do to help. Make it a little easier on yourself, save your time and, um, avoid a lot of, (laughs) a lot of remarks from people about how expensive this is, but it's not a perfect, it's not a perfect system. You're still going to get a lot of people slipping through the cracks, but that's all right. Just to clarify for the listeners,
0: you're saying $999 and not $9.99 per foot. Correct? Yeah. Right. Perfect. I right. just wanted to clarify that. Yeah. I do believe qualifying leads. I agree a hundred percent. You know, we, we do that too now. Cause we'll get, we'll get calls now just to remove one tree. And it's like, mm-hmm. people are looking for spend a couple hundred bucks and it's just not worth. Like with the, the amount of volume that we have and the size of jobs that we do um we state a minimum too um and so yeah i think there's a fair amount of getting to that point right in the early days you probably just want to i mean there's there's some value to just getting your first job right but once you get established yeah um i agree with that Setting the minimum
1: i would say in the beginning keep your prices a little lower so you can get some jobs and get some experience under your belt and that goes a long long way in helping you actually be able to sell the service and then you know knowing what you can do and what you can't do and being able to kind of see things on the on the job um, that might be a potential issue or might be a little tougher to do it's just it's in this service specifically it's very important to get a few jobs under your belt and that's just with anything I think you understand this too like it's way easier to sell something that you actually understand and actually believe in you know, like it's, it's hard to sell something that you've never, that you've never done before. You've never done the service before. So like it gets, it gets a little tough in that regard, but um, <clears throat> um, once you get a few under your belt, then of course that makes everything a lot easier.
0: Sweet. Well, thanks for being on again, Julius.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm, uh, I'm hyped to be on again yeah. and keep riffing it up <clears throat> We got a lot of good stuff to talk about. We got a lot of big plans here, and I think this is going to help a lot of people. So Yeah, definitely.
0: So if you're All listening right. to this podcast, just let us know. Julius is active on Twitter. I'm active on Twitter. I'm at the owner op. Julius is at JM Venture Log, right? Yep. So reach out to us on Twitter and let us know what other topics you'd like us to cover. At a minimum, we're going to dive in together again on a collab episode on five-star reviews because he and I both see eye to eye on that. But thanks again for joining. You've heard it from Julius, the man himself who generated 60,000 bucks this year with his Christmas light business on top of his pressure washing business. So if you haven't checked out the first episode with Julius, go back and listen to that episode uh, where Julius shares how to start a pressure washing business, his story behind uh, starting this business in college, and then also wrapping up this year at over 200,000 bucks in revenue. That was a good episode. We've also got some good ones coming up here with uh, Bodie, the dumpster rental guy from Twitter. He's gonna talk all things dumpster rental. So make sure to stay tuned on that one. Don't forget, work hard, do your best, never settle for less. Thanks for joining the Owner Ops Podcast. We'll see you in the next one.